Welcome to What's It Good. I'm your host, Ravi, joined by my two superhero brothers, Christian and Arjuna. We just saw Glass, a film by M. Night Shyamalan, the final chapter in the East Trail 177 trilogy. We are breaking down the idea of delusion, explaining the unbreakable split glass universe, and the critics' response to M. Night's comeback? Question? Oh, interesting. Mark? Hmm. more professional intro, probably one of the best you've had, ever heard. On this show, potentially. I don't think there's a big gap between the worst and the best. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, and there are the truth bombs. That could be a compliment or an insult. Fast and early. Maybe you should tell them who we are. I said we were... Was it good? It's a podcast, and who, who <laughs> we are. Wait, oh, I missed that part. <laughs> you missed yeah. the entire intro. Wow. And normally, when you do the intros, I just, you know. Wow. <laughs> you had me for a second, and you actually forget the intro, so thank you. That's anyway, all part of the bit. The funny, the funny piece that I put in there was the <clears throat> explaining the unbreakable split glass universe. Get it? It's like a sentence. Kind of like what they're doing in the new trilogy, The Force Awakens. Of Star Wars. The Last Jedi. The Force Awakens, The Last split Jedi. Breakable split glass. It's kind of funny. Uh, uh, I don't think that's uh, intentional. Breakable No. No. Anyway, Chris, you take it over. What did you think of Glass by M. Night Shyamalan? Well, I left the movie theater with a few feelings to say the very least i spoke to arjuna actually while we were getting food right after and i was like what do you think and I, arjuna summed it up i think exactly the the word i was looking for which was still processing we saw the movie probably close to like two hours ago now and i have to say uh, i think i'm coming to near to the end of the processing phase now and i can say this there was a lot i liked about the movie the movie was not perfect the movie was not as bad as the Rotten Tomatoes score, but it was not as good as perhaps it could have been. And I'll leave it there for now. Oh, what what a dangling tease! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta tease the crowd. You right. can't we give can't, away we can't what give you're. Away. You know. Yeah, it this sucked. Is, this I'm is, done. This is a good one. I say this is one of our best ones where you can be ambiguous until the end. <laughs> There's a no. twist in the podcast. I think. Well, we should mention there will be a lot of spoilers in this podcast uh, because it's uh, about a movie that just came out, and we can talk about the what. Whole thing. So my god. Well, I, I think uh, Ravi would usually slow this back over to our junior. So let me go ahead and do that. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be social, right? Uh, yeah, you're doing the, the opposite of that, sir. All right, I'll take it from here then. Uh, you know what I really liked about glass was uh you know the the uh titular character of the movie can you tell us something just words? hold on i'm not done yet he uh did not utter a line for the first hour i thought that was brilliant uh, i love that you know and uh samuel L. jackson really practicing those face twitches he did the same one over and over again i could do it right now uh for our twitch audience we're all doing it you can just see yourself out. I think I think you've done enough today. But what I will say about this is that there were characters and there was a story and there was plot 
and uh, there was an M. Night Shyamalan twist and an M. Night Shyamalan cameo. And uh, I had reactions to those things. Wow. Okay. Let's start with okay. the, the fun part, which I think is always with any kind of M. Night Shyamalan film. Not only do you get that usual amazing twist of like some dead people. Which Wait, always, what? You always get like a nice good 60 seconds at least of M. Night being in his own film. <laughs> <laughs> at least 60 He's seconds. the most awkward character <laughs> I have a very important question, by the way, about M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan? Shyamalan. His character, I should say. Yes. I was actually about to ask you guys at the food court, but then you literally, as I was asking it, turned around and ignored me. Ooh. So that was great. Um, is his character as in, in Split, right? M. Night Shyamalan plays the character of uh, the psychiatrist's assistant. Jay. Jay. Is it the same character from Unbreakable? Yes. That, so he's playing the same what, person. That's what's connected. So he actually refers to, he's like, oh, yeah, I think I saw it really awkwardly. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw you 15 years ago because he was a, as a, as his, uh, he's credited in Unbreakable, stadium drug dealer. Oh, and, he was one so of them. And so then he turned oh, his life around. Became his the assistant. Jay, and he became the, the uh, okay. security okay. landlord I'm glad person. that was, because that, that was literally my only question about the movie. And now it's been so answered. Okay. <laughs> okay. Dive into M. Night Shyamalan. Um, first, do you all remember the amazing M. Night Shyamalan yes. produced sci fi yes. documentary? So, uh, he self produced and then it got shut down, and all this weird article and media stuff came around it. It was just bizarre. But 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 the documentary itself was about that. About, <laughs> about it getting shut he's down. Like, no, he's connected this to like, the supernatural. Oh, yeah. Like, they've interviewed with John Depp. Anyway. These ca- this character that he plays in all these movies, is this in some way the true main character, villain, good guy, whatever you want to call it, of the series? And it's a representation of the director and maybe a life that he wishes he had, right? Because we make art and we make movies to be a representation of things that are missing in our lives. Is this what was missing in his life? Was there a drug dealer that turned around and became whatever. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our long answer and our short answer. Uh, I, I will say, I will, I will say this. It's hilarious that uh, we have to start the show with the man himself because the man himself has built up more of a legend, a more mystique than his actual films, which, by the way, is what he's known for: creating films with twists and you know a weird mystique, like. People today still talk about The Sixth Sense as one of the the greatest thrillers ever, right? And for the for the simple fact that it not only had one twist, which is hard enough to pull off, it had two twists. In Wait, it. there were two. the The first one, I see what? dead people. The second one, that Bruce Willis is dead. What? Not what? That, those two. What? 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 It did. It had three twists actually. What were the two twists for you? What we should probably talk about them. They're important to this movie. What? What was the big twist in the happening that Mark Wahlberg was saying happening all those times? It was the trees. That was the big <laughs> twist, and that is why you should never see that movie if you haven't. The fucking trees, man. Anyway, so the big, one of the big twists in this one was the connection between uh, the strange Macross character and um, what was his name? David Dunn. Oh, the overseer. The overseer. The overseer. The overseer. David Dunn. Yeah, David Dunn. Uh, was the connection that James McAvoy's father in the film was on the 
agencies. Right. That was one of them. And then the next big one, I would say, is that there is an agency or a group of people that are protecting the world. And that the main theory that, uh, and I want to go back and watch Unbreakable and see if this, that, I I know it's in there, but see if it's there as large as they made out to be, which is the idea that uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character believes that there's always been supers and that the comics are clear. That that is that is definitely an unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm So so the reason. Oh, go ahead, Juna. You there go. you go. Ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say. I think the reason this movie works for me uh, on one level is that there were so many ties to Unbreakable, and kind of like the Dark Knight series, uh, where um, Dark Knight Rises, the last one really tied in the series to the first one, Batman Begins. This movie, to me, did the same thing. Uh, the first movie dealt a lot with, and the flashbacks in in, uh, in Glass really showed that, dealing with the idea that David may or may not be exceptional. And his son is, his son and, you know, Elijah, Elijah, who's a broken dude, and then his, his son, who's an over-imaginative, you know, imagination, both are trying to convince him that he might have powers, and he's like, "No, I'm just actually pretty tough, right?" And that, and that's the, and and I, that's one of the reasons I really like this movie is because it it pulled that idea back and then made it even bigger. Like, no, actually, you really might be deluded. Might it might be in your head. Um, yeah. You know what else is crazy? There was a fan theory in October of 2018, where, as Ravi mentioned earlier, Cravy, um, yes, it's us combined. Mentioned that uh, Kevin, who is the Beast, uh, was his father was on the train um, that David was also on. But the character of Kevin and his mother actually appear in Unbreakable as a five. They're credited as five-year-old boy and woman walking by, and they're younger versions of Kevin and Mrs. Crumb from Split. And they bump into David outside a stadium at one point in Unbreakable. So, oh, M. Night, M. Night has it was it would have been one of the flashbacks where the mother's abusing the kid. Yes, holy shit! Whoa. But which makes sense because M. Night has talked about yeah. in the earliest draft of Unbreakable, he had yeah, concept of beast. of the Beast and so Kevin and everything. All, all were all three of these movies meant to just be one movie, like Unbreakable. Um, probably in the early draft. I, I would imagine like, right? it seems like this this fully fleshed out story got turned into three stories. I think he essentially took some of the bigger aspects from Split with uh, you know uh, the the multiple personalities and the Beast coming out for being a protector of of people who are abused and made that into its full standalone movie, which you know I still think is a really good movie. And to to really develop that character because I think that character of you know of Kevin and the Beast and everything is very interesting, and then kind of tied it all together into Split, and that to me might be part of the problem with Split is that it was maybe all meant to be at one point one movie, and it felt like this was a part of a movie that got fluffed up, and. I think Ravi, you mentioned it when we came out of the theater. Like the middle part was just kind of Boring. fluffy, slow, slow, like, like very, very slow. And and it, it's not like a good slow where the characters are developing <laughs> and things like, are changing. Slow where I went to leave. 
it's just a slow where you know what's going to happen and it's like it's not really that important it's taking too long to get it's taking there. you're right it's yeah. like we know where we're going here i agree and we're not getting there yeah so i think that's interesting right there was 16 years between unbreakable and split which was a lot of time but it kind of worked because obviously the twist being that it's in the same universe i I feel like three years between Split and this movie might not have been enough. Who said it was three years? In terms of when it came out and... Oh, in the story, that's only three weeks. No, no, I just mean in terms of when the movie came out. Is it really three years? It came out... I think I think Split came out the end of 2016. Wow. And came out the beginning of 2019. So it's like two years and a little bit. So really, yeah, two years. So it's really two years, like two plus years. Yeah. Well, you have to go to conventions. And so, so I, I think the problem here, the, the problems, or one of the biggest things I see, you know, Shyamalan had 15 years to really solidify the ideas of what Split would be, and X amount of years before Unbreakable came out to really solidify what the ideas would be. Spl- uh, Glass, I feel like he didn't have that time. It kind of got rushed out a little bit to kind of build off of the hype of that end. While I would have seen this, you know, eight years down the road. In terms of, you know, doing something like this, but uh, you know, there's what's interesting. We live in the world of of super. We live in the age of superhero movies, right? Where there's a sequel every two years. There's a side spinoff or connected one three times a year, right? With the MCU, mm-hmm. and there's that fatigue, and there's this. There's, you know, it used to be like spy, like when the original Spider-Man's came out, it was three years in between each movie. Now it's three months between each movie. And sometimes when there's that anticipation and the time to build and reflect, um, not just with the the viewer, where the viewer gets to kind of grow and grow with that and, and change and leave that material and then go back into that material, but with the creator as well, with the directors, with the production the script and everything you're able to think it through more and everything but mm, right this one this felt like almost like a true hollywood-esque yes superhero movie sequel where yeah. it's like all right well you know that everyone's waiting for this so we got to get it out asap and, and i think that and i think that came through in a lot of the uh, reviews of this too i think yeah. a lot of the negativity negativity around this movie is that it went maybe a little bit too hollywood in some aspects in terms of Right. Yeah, it, it became it became very you know like. Yeah, it, it which was, is supposed to be. This is a nitpick on my part, but it was also like really awkwardly shot. Yeah, like it was very clear that they didn't have all the same actors on the same day, and like Sarah Paulson was not there the same day as anybody else. Yeah, and like there was one scene where she's talking to Casey, and it's just like the back of her head, and she's talking. There was a lot of Doctor Paulson's back of the head shots. Yeah, where she's it, like looking at things, and you're yeah. just following her head. I'm like, and it's just why, why and it, we keep getting it, it was, shot? It's just God like, it, and and that's part of that rush type of feel where it's just eh, you know like at least get get her in front of a green screen and get her front and green screen the back the background besides that though the other parts that were super awkward were the the, the trying to build up this epicness between these two great 
character trait. If you look at the cinematography, it looks similar to like a big standoff in like a Marvel movie. Right? I thought I thought the the first standoff between them was way better. Where um, the, with the cheerleaders in yeah, the warehouse, was that part was amazing because that 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 was that was truly like two movies that were sixteen years apart coming together, right? Mm. Like that was when you felt for the very first time these two separate movies. Obviously, you had the the David Dunn cameo and, and all that type of stuff, but finally coming together, finally like fighting these two freaks of nature, and. It was just cool, like the the creepiness of like Bruce Willis getting there first, and then you could hear the beast in his breaths, and then just looking at Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis's eyes like dart up and and look up, and I, that was all incredible to me. Hmm. But the, and and that main confrontation at the end was just a letdown because, yeah. like you said, it was like kind of kind of generic, and then the the ending with you know them all dying. Hmm. But is it possible, has he said anything about the end sequence specifically? Because if you look at it, you're right. It's essentially two different films. It's, it's Unbreakable and Split, and then it's Big Hollywood action movie at the end. Big Hollywood! Right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, maybe I'm thinking a little bit too, maybe I'm giving him like too much like praise there. Maybe that was supposed to be the point, where it's... Sure. We're coming out, the world is seeing us now. We're not in the shadows anymore. We're, we're real superheroes and villains. So why wouldn't we necessarily act out a typical sequence? I mean, the movie also does call upon nerd conventions. Yep. How they sell teenage TV shows there. And how mm-hmm. the world is obsessed with this grandeur and this delusion and so forth. Maybe, I wonder then, was that supposed to be the point where it's, it's supposed to be? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I just because I, uh, the, the weird thing too is the movie after that calms down, you know, murders everyone and blah blah blah. Well, it, let me take that back. It becomes after the big epic Hollywood fight, mm-hmm. then goes into David Dunn in unbreakable mode where he's able to see the truth. Yeah. Then it splits off <laughs> into the split movie, and we get this emotional conclusion. Break, conclusion. Then a little bit of a break, and then we get the you know, uh, Samuel Jackson perspective, where it's the reveal of the plan. Right. Because that was very big also in, like, Unbreakable. Maybe it's three movies in one. <laughs> he three different assistant directors. He didn't tell anyone. He called each one of them one M, one Night, and one Shyamalan. <laughs> so he has the ID. Um, I, I will say, so just to, to po- po- uh, point out of you guys, I think on one other issue that the movie had to keep it from being truly great is that it was too much beast. So I think the reason the beast was so good in split was that he only comes at the very end. The whole movie is the rest of its personalities who you, you actually come to like enjoy each, each, each for different reasons. Um, those characters, uh, it's all of them like preparing for his arrival. Now, obviously he's already come. So it was always going to be a little bit harder, but I would like to have seen, more of the personalities fighting to keep the horde, which originally is only three characters, right? Hedwig, Patricia, and Dennis. And Split is just three characters who are the horde. Everyone else is like, no, 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 right? And right. I, I would say this movie was, oh, to escape our prison, more of the characters joined the horde. So it was up to like 10 or whatever. So I, but, but there was just too much beast. Like the first time we see him is great because it's creepy and the way it's shot. You know, he's up in the scene and you don't get a good sense. You can't really look at him. But then... You get to see him, I think, a little bit too much. It, it would have been better, right, if 
they had kept the beast at bay until the that last scene. Because then the last scene, instead of it being Hollywood, they could have made it really terrifying. Like, really yeah. scary. Because that would have been the first time you've seen beast, uh, beast, and then just shoot it differently. Like, make that be more rain. Make it, like, really obscure, you know? Like, just do something where you can't what, just get a good look at it. What do you guys... Who, I have a, a couple questions here. <laughs> what do you guys think of all of the main supporting characters all showing up at the exact same time at the end. I think it ties in beautifully with the general theme of the movie. Plot, plot device? No. Convenience? No convenience, but the, the whole idea that uh, they've seen it has happened before in the comics or a retelling of these tales. Right. So it would make sense that each of these three separate side characters would have a reason to show up. To show up. And then speaking of characters... So, Christian, you said the Beast was kind of your least favorite character. I would say maybe in this movie, uh, it, it wasn't my least favorite. It was just, it was just it wasn't done you. correct. Yeah. So, what a, would yeah. you say, like, of of the main characters, or even going beyond that, what was your like favorite character and least favorite character uh, in Glass? Oh, that's interesting. I, I can't say I had a least favorite character. To be totally honest, I do, and it's not. I <laughs> it's not because I dislike the character. It's just because of how he was used in this movie, mm-hmm. and that was David Dunn. Uh, Bruce Willis's character felt very. He he's his tale in this movie felt very minor mm-hmm. compared to the other two. It definitely did, and I thought his death was kind of. <laughs> oh well. Well, it just happened. Yeah. It just kind of happened. Like he sees the vision, and then he's just dead. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was it. He like it was just kind of random, a little bit. I don't know. Um, it, was, it just served as a plot device to show the audience what they pretty, needed. To pretty, show. Right, exactly. <laughs> like there was like, there was <laughs> like you know Samuel L. Jackson got this beautiful thing with his the his mother, and then also this like grand you know discussion with the Sarah Paulson character, who Doctor Ellie Staple. You know, the Beast and Kevin got a, a really good ending, obviously, where he gets shot. And then, you know, um, uh, Kevin comes out and is, has the light again and, and gets to say goodbye. And then you have Bruce Willis as David Dunn. And it's just, yeah, he drowned in a pothole. Ah, yeah, you're right. That wasn't from underwater. I thought that was cool. Well, okay, I think this us into my new favorite Well, you guys didn't answer my question, though. Yeah, because I was answering it, and you just stole it from me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so I didn't really have uh, a least favorite character, um, as I was saying before, before I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, my uh, I was overthrown by uh, the to, other speaker. To be fair, I didn't first finish my thoughts on my favorite one. That's fine. Um, my favorite character, actually, favorite. weirdly, <laughs> actually, is it ties in nicely with what Junior just said. My favorite character was actually his son. Um, wow. Like I, I thought he, he did the best actor was James McAvoy, and uh, I thought he did a fantastic job being million different characters. Yeah, of course. But my favorite uh, character outside of that was David Dunson. Wait, real quick though, I lo- mostly as well because we got uh, of the flashbacks to Unbreakable, which were used beautifully. Oh, that's actually really good. Uh, my favorite one in Split, ha- it has to be, oh, God, actually. It's a toss-up between Patricia and Hedwig, and I'm going to say Patricia yeah. because yeah. it's it's James McAvoy portraying it. If it wasn't, if if you, like, close your eyes and you didn't see James McAvoy, I'd be like, well, wow, that is an old woman there. The way it was portrayed is just, is on. Un- yeah. But in this one, Dennis, actually. Dennis was my favorite because... 
Dennis showed growth. He was on the horde, and then he was like, you know what? I don't want to kill anyone. He was the he was that personality who was like, ah, let's you know think about this. So he showed the most growth from Split, and also I just like I know he's he's the one who uh, has an issue with cheerleaders. Like he's the one who does you know. Oh, that's right. He's yeah. the perverted one. Yeah, he's yeah. the perverted one. But his the what you know his OCD, and then also um, yeah, like I said, his progress into this movie, and then just like that New York you know kind of accent that's and like you know. And he, everything's got to be clean. It's just very interesting to me. My, what, doing least and favorite? Yeah, favorite and least favorite characters. I think my favorite character is definitely the... That's a difficult one. Yeah, least favorite. I want to say my favorite is actually probably M. Night's uh, Mr. Glass. You mean, Mr. You Glass mean Samuel Jackson's Mr. Glass? Yeah. yeah. I think he was yeah. solid. He's always the master. His vision. That's true. This is this is one of those weird ones where the bad guy actually gets exactly what he wants and wins. Uh, I'm gonna say my favorite character. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I'm also I'm also the the star the star. No, I'm like the star of the. Pop. Yes. It doesn't exist. Do you have With Edna? the government shut down, uh, it seems to be affecting us for some reason. Anyway, my least favorite character... Is Mary Reynolds. No, it's going to be the... Um, uh, is Mary Reynolds the female? That's one of, the, it's one of James McAvoy's uh, personas. Is the... Um, Doctor? No, it's the, the uh, AIDS. Oh, yeah. They're, they're annoying as, as F. As Wait, fuck. And not because of... Oh, the two guys... Uh, yeah, what? Yeah. Like Daryl and... Okay. Interesting. Uh, I think my favorite character was if you say the carpet. <laughs> what? You can't say the PA systems. They are in the movie. I don't know if I had a favorite. <laughs> she was like, I hated them all. No, I didn't hate them. I just didn't think anyone had kind of an outstanding. Even James McAvoy, though? I mean. Are we even saying his last name right, by the way? McAvoy? I feel like it should be. It, whoa, Chips Ahoy. Chips Ahoy? No, James I, Chips no, Ahoy. I mean, I, I just thought he was better in Split, personally. Yeah, he was, um, definitely was. Well, he had more still... time He had more time to, to and more room to breathe with each exactly. character. But, this time. one, it was tough because he kept going back and forth and back. Which and he forth. did a great job with. Yeah, he did. And I, I think it was hard. But I mean, those sequences, those long take sequences where, you know, they're panning the camera around and everything and then changing really quick. I mean, those are some of the best uh, shot sequences that they have. I'm going to go with uh, M. Night Shyamalan's character, Jay. I thought um, the character arc we've gotten no, in three I movies. Was the that was the worst character. <laughs> Just because of how it's acted. Whatever clown is acting that should be fired. You mean M. The director? Night Shyamalan? Yeah, he should be fired. <laughs> God damn. You're right. His character in Signs is clearly the best character he's ever no, portrayed. his character in the village. When oh. they're in the, uh, the nursing station or the, the sheriff's thing or whatever. Yeah. And he's talking about, like, he's talking to his, like, chief or something who's sitting in the back. 
where he's like sitting in the back or whatever, and he's the chief. He's like, yeah, a lot of strange things in these parts. Had a government shit down thing. I was like, oh god, shut up. <laughs> uh, I don't have a favorite character. I can't. I can't. Decide. Damn. Well, anyway, I want to move to our new favorite section of the Was It Good podcast. Something near and dear to all of our hearts. A special thing every film needs in order to get from start A to Z. To start A to start. Wait, what? To get from point A to point Z. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Plot devices. Ah, yes. yes. Let's talk about our infamous yeah, plot device. What, let's start with. Uh, Wait, wait, wait so favorite? for our audience, let's define plot device. Plot device is... Convenient little things, convenient right? Convenient little things that happen out of coincidence or breaking the laws of physics or throwing the rule book of technology or the law or whatever out the window in order for a character or the story to move from one point to the next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there is one obvious one in the film. Oh, here. Uh, and it's when Elijah is... Is toward the end, or maybe toward the middle, the last third, where he finds a computer and types in a code that basically hacks into the cameras and allows him to live stream the feed of all 112 cameras into an off-site thing. Yeah, uh, off-network off, off computer. And uh, which then can be sent, which he had apparently the code also has him to send an email with a link to the web. No, no, better, better. No, it gets better. It gets better. It, 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 it somehow sends an email on his death to his mother. Yeah, I'm sure he knows her email address. To the boy, this boy, boys. Shout out to the old school Mac, by the way. Yeah, oh my, the <laughs> iMac, right? Yeah. Uh, to an email address of a boy who didn't really, he knew a little bit, who he would have no idea what the email address is. Oh, 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 guess better. Yeah. Better yet, to, the, to a third person, Claire, a teenage girl, still in high school, doesn't even know exists. Well, no, he does because you do see him reading through uh, James McAvoy's character file or what or his file way, also ravi he's a, he's a mastermind he just knew let's, let, let's pick apart the teenage girl real quick okay mm-hmm. what, 16 or 17 living in this day and age you're telling me it's probably Casey, super easy Casey to find Co- an email address isn't it all you would have to do he is a mastermind ravi in it i'm ashamed of you also, why was the mother sitting, just sitting there randomly waiting? She was tired. I, I got the impression it was about it was right before his funeral. That's what also, I got the impression. Because she was, like, dressed and, like, waiting. Also, also, I know this for a fact. As, as we have rebuttals to every single one of your things, IT by the way. As an IT professional. Ex-professional. She has an old 2002-2003 This movie takes place in the early 2000s. This movie... Takes place in 2018, 2019. Fine. No, 2016, because it's Either only three weeks. 15 years after that machine was made. Apple has a policy where those machines become what's known as obsolete after eight I do want to point out one thing. Hold on, eight years. You're telling me uh, a computer made by Apple uh, lasted 15 That's years your first problem right there. operating system that could work with today's internet and today's email. That's your problem. That, that's your problem, though. It doesn't make sense. That computer is not, it looks like an iMac, but it's never labeled or identified as an iMac. It's a computer simply to mimic that design. So it's not necessary. The user interface was 
It doesn't matter. In that universe, it's not a Mac. It's probably a pack or something. <laughs> I have a bigger, bigger problem. Any other? No. Were there any other? I'm about, I'm about to. I'm about to M Night Shyamalan twist the, the fuck out of this, guys. That sounds dirty. Yeah. This movie is a Universal Pictures movie. Okay. But Unbreakable wasn't. Okay. You want to know the production company behind Unbreakable? Sure. Someone that doesn't exist anymore? Marvel? The Walt Disney Company. Shut up. They were involved in the production of this movie. In fact, the way that M. Night was able to use David Dunn at the end of Split was by promising Disney that they would be able to be involved in distributing and, and production rights on glass. I- it's connected to the MCU. Wait, was this done- Drop the mic. Was this done Yes, so gotcha. it was so Unbreakable was, was done through Touchstone. Touchstone then did not go through with it. Wow, that, yeah. that's like a real life in my Shyamalan twist. I still want to go back. It That's it my favorite plot device. It doesn't solve my problem though of how an old iMac running Mac OS 8 or 9. It's not a Mac. It's not an iMac. It's not an iMac. It's not a tool It's not an iMac. I'm, t- I'm literally giving I'm you the Mary answer. I'm Mary Reynolds. I'm literally giving you the answer. Listen, those listening, those listening, if you can, if you add us, add, was it good, underscore? No, just add, was it good? Uh, add, was it good, on Twitter. If you can add us and give me an explanation as to how that iMac could be playing that type of video footage, and it seems logical enough, we will give you one of our t-shirts signed by all three of us. Uh, but and for those people who, who post, please put the actual answer, which is it's not an iMac. Thank you. Anyway, anyone else have major plot device issues with this film? Um, I mean, I, all of them showing up at the exact same time at the end of the movie was a little ridiculous to me. Even more than an iMac without the technology of playing today's standard codec. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> also, I, I mean. Also, what's interesting to me is that they have camera angles at every single location. Yeah, they still have 112 cameras. Every angle. How did he still escape? They didn't really explain that. What do you mean, how did he escape? Like, how, how did he actually get out of his room? Oh, they never, they, they never explained that. Exactly. Plot device. Because M. Night's like, oh, I made it too difficult. So I'm just going to say he did it anyway. Well, I mean... Uh, they, I mean, they show that he hasn't been taking his pills, so he hasn't been sedated. So, him breaking out of it, you know, he, he hacked the the thing. You know, that's not it's not hard. It's not you don't. I don't think you have to dive too deep into into that one, to be honest. Fine. Uh, my Which other, means he was twitching his eyes. You know, my sober. other complaint is that it's not sedated. My other my other plot device convenience is that why did Jay? Three weeks after the tenant in his apartment was killed, decide to then get security. Plot device. Plot device so M. Night could be in his own movie again. (laughs) Why was it that the girl from Split and David Dunn's daughter, son, why were they both at the same high school? Well, it takes place in the same same, town or whatever. Uh, So M. Night is a Philly guy. It, but it's it's not all of Philadelphia. It's that little triangle. They even show it on the map, man. 
Yeah, it's all relative. It's, 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 uh, and also, you have to think about this, Ravi. That's the that triangle. You know what's right in the middle of that triangle? A forest. Inside that forest? A village. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that movie. What about the bees? What bees? The bees. Hey, man, I, I don't know. The bees are gone, man. Oh, what's happening? Oh, God. That's my Mark Wahlberg impression. Oh, God. Was it good or bad? It, it was right on point for that movie. Do you guys want to Do you guys want to get into the, the finances of this movie? Not really. Oh. How much did it make? The one, the one thing that's interesting is it took about 50 million so far. Wait, 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 wait. Where'd you get that? I got that on Cinema Blend. I prefer Screen Rant myself. Oh, okay. Well, right now it has sixteen. But how much has 16? it? How much 16. did it cost? Twenty million. Oh, okay. So it made money. It's uh, it's not doing as well. As it made money. That was funny. For those listening to what happened there, Krishna was talking with Mike on the floor. Wait, can they still hear me? We're recording. <laughs> I know. I, Jesus. I know. There's a little bit of a break for the levity. Uh, oh God. Uh, no. So it's it's looking to post a three day total of forty two point eight million and a four day total of fifty point three. Where's a super dragon ball brawly at? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know that, that, was, that read that super uh, dragon ball super brawly the movie which also came out this weekend in select theaters is out pacing. Is that per? Is that like per though? I'm not sure. Let's see. Money. In the meantime. Let's keep this. That's not true. We love we subtitles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. Christian learned Japanese. That's not true. <laughs> Growing up, we were forced to watch Bollywood movies. We got really good at reading subtitles. We thought if we read them fast, the movie would end quicker. <laughs> We were wrong. It took longer. There was still a dance number every right, two minutes. Yeah, what do you got for us? Yes. The people That's are only waiting. earned seven million at the box office. So fake news as per normal. I think it's per per th- it only opened in about a thousand theaters, so it, per theater it's made a ton of money. Oh then it's a winner So let's get back to the whole Unbreakable trilogy, right? Unbreakable had a budget of seventy five million dollars in two thousand. Was How? In, in today's money or back No, then? back then. It had a budget What's of 75 million. Uh, with inflation, a, a lot higher. Wow. Um, seems like a lot more. It only grossed in the U.S. 95 million. And its international gross was 153 million for a worldwide of 248. Split had a budget of 9 million. Wow. Nine. 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 Like nine. <laughs> nine. 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 <laughs> sounds like a bunch of Germans. Seven, yeah, eight, nine, nine, nine million. So, so and it made Unbreakable in the year two thousand had a budget of seventy-five million. Split had a budget of nine million. Wait, where was M Night on his career path back when Unbreakable came out? Right at that was the second movie after uh, Six Sense. Six Sense. Yes, and it was before Science. Yes, I mean he got a budget seventy-five million. I would say in today's world is like right. It's the movie right before. The two hundred fifty million dollar team up superhero movie. How much did that money spend for actual production versus? That's marketing? that's just the budget. That's just the budget for the actual movie. Where did all that money go? I don't understand. 
uh, I just the effects. I think no, at the time of two thousand, it has to have been because the effects. It's not. It's not. There's not a huge amount of effects in that movie. I don't know the whole train. The whole train thing that probably cost a lot of money. The train. So Split had a budget of nine million. Worldwide gross of two seventy eight. Glass had a budget of twenty million. Hmm. Yeah, and has so far made sixteen on pace for about fifty. Rotten Tomato scores. Unbreakable had the lovable score of sixty nine percent. Sixty nine. Split had a Rotten Tomato score of seventy six percent. Split was only seventy six. And Glass what the at hell? the very high rating of thirty five percent. Wow. Wait, what's split at? 35. Wait, 35? Split? I'm sorry, Glass. Glass. Split was at 76. I'm sorry. 69. Much tougher. Much, much tougher, but have they added any, like, anything extra or new into those? Because their formula and how they calculate it Today, I don't know. That's a great question. Like, what is if you were to translate that information today? Is it still sixty nine or something else? Just like with inflation. I thought that score just taken the percentage of good versus bad reviews, pretty much. Oh. So I, mean, I don't know how much now, how much could the no, formula change. Well, I think as part of so part of what Rotten Tomatoes does is they take the review and then they decide if it's a fresh or a rotten. So what's tricky about that is if someone gives a three out of five stars, is that fresh or rotten? It should be fresh. But I think that's what they used to do as well. Yes. Um, Also, the running time has increased for each of these movies. Unbreakable only clocked in at one hundred six minutes. Split clocked in at 117 minutes, and Glass clocked in at 128 minutes. Honestly, this movie should have been way shorter. Yeah, it for, felt, what, for what was long. in there, it, it should have been feel long. It was too long. Yeah. Pacing-wise, it, it got unfortunately boring. Like you said earlier in the pod, we knew what was kind of coming. Let's just kind of get there already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that middle part when they're in the psych ward and she's really trying to break them down and convince them that they're all deluded... Which, you know, for a moment I was questioning it. I was like, wouldn't it be brilliant if this movie ended and it was proven that they were all, it was all in their heads? I thought that would, that would be a great twist, right? That would be a twist of the whole movie. It would be a giant middle finger to the audiences of the first two movies, right? Um, and it was slow. And I liked the, I, I think I told you this after the movie, I liked the idea of it, of implanting that idea to both the characters and the audience. It was just that it was, it really dragged like when she went through each and each all three characters and their histories that needed to be, I think a lot quicker. I think, I think the, Get prob- to the main idea think, and then move on. I think you the know? problem was M night felt like you to this do movie had to stand by itself as well. So that's it of explaining. Yeah. And I, so I think for someone like our mom who saw it, hasn't seen split. She loved it. Probably doesn't remember unbreakable mm-hmm. or, <laughs> Mom does have an issue remembering movies. Yes. She remembers the bad movies. 
Interesting fact. Time. Time. So Time Magazine did a list in 2011 of the top 10 superhero movies um, of all time at that point, and had Unbreakable as four. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Now that's insane. Do you guys care to guess what's in the top 10 well, of? I thought we were talking about um, superhero movies. No, I thought we were talking about Glass. the pacing. Oh, okay. sure. Uh, yeah, this is um, this is uh, part of the pacing. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> at, at number ten, Iron Stop Man. Number nine, this is Watchmen. Number eight, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh number seven, wait, wait, go back. What? Mask of the Phantasm. They put it where? At eight. What, number what seven. Two thousand eleven. Okay. Number number seven, The Rocketeer. Number six, Blade Two. Number five, yeah. Superman Two. Number four, Unbreakable. Number three, Spider Man Two. Number two, The Dark Knight. And number one, the greatest superhero Wait. movie of all time, according to 2011. Dark Knight wasn't one. The Incredibles. Get the hell out of here. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not accessible to me. I hate it. Wait, you really don't like Incredibles? I don't remember it, to be honest. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, back to what we're talking about, not listicles. Just like, I just, I did exactly what Glass did. I took to what it. the movie was, me, I'm to fix it. and I put in a subplot about okay, Jay. So back to the pace of the film, I... This is, I think this podcast is a perfect representation of the movie of glass yeah disjointed and broken yes just like m night just like m night derailed no pun intended because this is the eastman 177 trilogy which is about a train derailing derailed his own movie split Right, because she knows. She's I, seen the beast. I'd be willing to bet no. Yeah. Which is a shame. I think dad would fall asleep. No, dad would fall asleep. Mom, well, it depends on how. Over under, mom or dad, 50 points. Dad. Dad, easily. Okay, well, I don't know how gambling works. At the kiss. That's a good now. PSA, man. Yeah, I just, I'm, in this day and age, I can't say anything because you'll be bestrewn as I'm insulting a whole group of people. Pestrewn? We also create, we're, we're like Shakespeare's, we create words as we go. I create words. Is it that time? I'm Do we have more on the list? Is that the whole outline? No, we covered the, the idea of delusion, explaining the unbreakable split glass universe, critics' response. But Do we think, actually, back to the critics' response and just M9 in general? Yes. M. Night had split. Then he had three years of producing a couple things, right? He didn't direct anything. This has come out. I would easily, you know, spoiler alert to what I'm about to say later. I would say that this is his best piece out of the trilogy. 
Do we still think, you know, M. Night's around in the game? Do we think he's going to take another step back to more producing type stuff? What do we think? I mean, I think this movie will be successful from a commercial standpoint. Uh, I mean, if we want to, if we just go off of Rotten Tomato scores, right? But let's just let's make that our <laughs> basis, right? Because that's like the general. That's pretty. That's one of the most generic consensus consensus out there, right? So everyone here kind of agrees things got went off the rails after Signs in two thousand two. No, after the village. So the village had a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. After that, Lady in the Water twenty five. Happening, 18. Last Airbender, 5. Oh, my God. After Earth, 11. Then a- he- How did After Earth get 11? That should be a 3. <laughs> God damn it. And then The Visit had a 66. What the hell is The Visit? That's the one with the creepy grandparents. That one's actually pretty good. I never watched it. Is it good? Uh, it's creepy. So. Wait, wait. But what's it? What did he get? 66. You saw that? Uh, I haven't seen the whole thing. I watched it on TV, like wait, part of it. you the whole thing because your eyes were closed? Uh, yes. Okay, okay. You, you, you just had to embarrass me on the pod, didn't you? Yep. Congratulations! I'm embarrassed. Split had a 76%, and Glass had a 34%. Now, if we organize that by critic score, this is technically M. Night's fifth worst rated movie. Out of how many? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Twelve. Alright, so, top half. Yeah, it's a middle, middle, maybe. That's what it feels like. That that does that does seem like where where it feels like. I wonder. I mean, M like clearly likes what he does, and I think he definitely brings to Hollywood something different. I wonder at what point in his career, looking at those films, did the studio say, "M night, you be you," and let him go off the rails? And at what point did the studio say? Well, that's a great point because M. Night in an interview actually recently revealed that his last few movies like Split and Glass have mostly been self-funded. He's used most of his own money to make these movies. I Interesting. Mean, if he ever wants to do a team up, we have literally no cash, but we have great personalities. And we're Indian. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Playing the race card. I like it. Heck yeah, that's what you do in this world. That's true. I mean, he's Indian. He was born in India. If I had, we had to relatives guess, that were born in India at some point in history. I kind of don't really want to go to India. <laughs> if I had to guess, I'm going to guess he goes back to producing for a little bit. Take a break from the I, I, th- I think so. Because he, he, he just seems like a guy as well where he's like, okay, I've come out with some you know, interesting movies that people have liked for the most part instead of, you know, abhorrent hate. Yeah. You know, because let's be honest. Uh, a lot of people shit on him, you know, for good reason. Especially, he went through a patch of just terrible movies. From the village. Um, but he's still <laughs> always... But no, you can never talk about him without thinking of The Sixth Sense. And that movie is iconic. Well, Sixth Sense, now the Unbreakable Trilogy. Yeah. But Sixth Sense... Yeah, but Sixth Sense is what most people know him for. That's so, his first thing. So, right? since since The Sixth Sense came out, he has never gone more than three years without directing a movie. Yeah, I think it's gonna go five this time. To to direct a movie? Yeah. Well, what do you think he goes next? Because he's done horror genre. He's done you know sci-fi. He's done horror sci-fi. Horror sci-fi. Thrillers. Thrillers. He's done. He's obviously fantasy. Done, he's done superheroes and all that I, that type of stuff. Like he's done superheroes in a different, unique way, which I think is for better refreshing in a time where there's just way too many 
superhero films out there. What does he have against the next? Comedy? Probably not. Well, <coughs> he actually, uh, one of the many fun facts of M. Night is he, in the 90s, after he directed his very first movie in 92, wrote a bunch of movies, um, including She's All That and Stuart Little. He wrote those? Yes. He's the writer on Stuart Little and... She's All That. What's She's All That? It's just know. a 1999 comedy with Freddie Prinze Jr. Oh, God. Uh, it's a teen rom-com. And then Stuart Little. Yeah. I mean, so, so he could. He, I mean, if he's written a comedy, why can't he direct it? Why doesn't he do a live action movie? <laughs> he would be the one to do it. Not that I know of. The only other things besides these movies he's done are two TV shows. Oh, he was an actor in Entourage in 07, and he was a director and executive producer on Wayward Pines. That's right. Wayward Pines is one of his, his brainchilds. That thing is creepy, too. Yeah. So in 2010, he did the story on that movie, Devil. And then he did After Earth in 13, The Visit in 2015, which had some success, Split, which obviously had a lot of success, excuse me, and then Glass, which I, you know, I think critically has been panned, but I think commercially is going to do pretty well. I mean, I don't believe critics anymore. I don't believe you, Christian. Damn. Well, so that's... Christian is part of a new founding website called SquishFit. Yes, it's a, it's an Instagram, so you should check it out. Squish underscore fit. Thank you for that plug. Also, fun fact, <laughs> just reading this, uh, After Earth was co-written between M. Night Shyamalan, someone named Gary Witta, and Will Smith. Oh, God. That explains a lot. All right. It's that time. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Oh. No. Whoa. Krishna, was glass good? Yep. Ravi, was glass good? Yes, sir. Ooh! I thought it was pretty good. It's, it's fun, too. Yeah. It's, it's great for the kids. <laughs> family I, family. I don't know if, it, I don't know if yeah, either of those things are true. Uh, if you have like a newborn child, take that thing, <laughs> go to the movie. See glass. Love you when screaming and crying. Uh, guys, we have something that has never happened before. A two-on run? We have, for the first time ever, this ever type of result where Christian and Ravi both agreed on a movie saying yes, and I've been the one that said no. It was the first time for everything. I'm surprised it took this uh, Would you guys watch this movie again? Yep. I, I, would, I would watch this movie again. Of course. I would like to actually watch all three movies now back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah, it probably would be, but you know, I know how it ends now, and I've already decided how I'm going to do us. Have you never Wait, seen have Split? You seen what? No, I, I I have. I I know how it ends. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so you have seen it? Yeah, we we well, saw he, it in theater together. He literally just asked you, "Are you going to cover your eyes for Split?" And then you answered in such a way that made it sound like you had not seen no, it. No, I said no, I'm not because I've seen it before. No, you said no because I know how it ends, and that sounds like you haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I have seen it because I know how it ends because. Yeah. I've yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The way you answered it was. Uh, but when we do watch us, I'm going to read the synopsis before, so I don't want to close my eyes. No, you're going to go. I'm going to get a secret camera and film you. This is the same guy who's going to attempt to do an us reviewing and podcast. I'm are going to do it. Are, are you going to be hiding under a blanket? 
We have to watch it in the afternoon so that when we get back to do the podcast, it's dark. Yes. Yes. We have to do it at night. Yes, at night. We'll live stream it. Yes. And, and we have to do it in the dark. And then we'll make our Juno take an If you guys, if you guys listening have, have pick me up. if you guys have any other ideas on how to make this the scariest podcast we can do, please hit us up at Was It Good. Anyway, thank you for listening. This is the Was It Good podcast. We just finished reviewing Glass by M Night Shyamalan. I was your host, Robbie, joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. Catch us whenever we put podcasts out because we have lives. Follow us on Twitter at Was It Good and follow us on Instagram at Was It Good BTM. Bye-bye.